Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host, Chris Allen. How's everybody doing? Uh, welcome back. And if you're new, welcome. Uh, I'm Chris Allen. This is my podcast. As I said, Negro Please Radio It's about 20, 30 minutes. I talk about the different things in my life and other topics that I that are on my mind, social issues, uh, sports, whatever. Um, this is the platform that I use, but welcome. And uh, as usual, off the top, I want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you for tuning in, downloading, streaming. However you listen or take in my podcast, you watch it, I appreciate it. Tell a friend, enemy, co-worker, tell somebody about the podcast, and uh, I guess we'll get started. Uh, man, why do I say I guess I'll get started? Fucking do this every week. Um, quite a few things happening. Uh, I got to leave here shortly after recording this podcast. I'm doing a, uh, I'm closing out a show at the, at the Roanoke comedy festival. I'm pretty excited. I've never, actually, I take that back. This is the second time I've been asked to do a comedy festival, a festival. First time to headline a show. I'm excited. I got a bunch of new stuff I want to try. And I felt like I, I, I haven't been, uh, on a, like a stage stage in, in a while. Things have been up and down uh, in my personal life. Uh, nothing, I guess, I guess it's not, it ain't good, but it's not like uh, my grandmother passed away. My other grandmother isn't doing very well. And I had a, a good friend of mine who I started comedy with. Uh, he passed away um, a couple of days ago. He had complications with COVID and, um, yeah, so I just got a lot going on. Uh, just a lot of ripping and running. But um, man, let me. Let, I'll do my milestone and I'll talk about my buddy a bit, and then I'll talk about the few other things I want to talk about, and then get up out of here. Um, as usual, um, I start with my milestone. For those who don't know, we have a nine-year-old son. I almost said seven. Jesus, nine-year-old son. His name was Miles, and I like to talk about the different things that are going on. In his life, sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small, sometimes it's it's, it's nothing. But um, uh, I've said this several times: my son has ADHD, and he takes a, a Vyvanse for it. And every so often, you gotta go back to see the doctor to make sure that the dosage is, is right. And we noticed uh, that his mood swings are starting to kind of come back, and that's typically a sign of maybe it's time to uh, maybe change medications or up the dosage or whatever. But, you know, we, we we did notice the behavior and we were a little concerned and we get a call from the teacher. Uh, let me preface this by saying the other day when I picked him up, he, he made this little like behavior chart for himself. And I'm thinking like, did something happen? Did he get in trouble and he's not telling me or it's like that? You know, when you're a kid and you kind of preemptively tell your parents, like, I think I want to start doing better because, you know, you're getting a phone call or notes coming home. So I kind of was like, man, I wonder what's going on. But um, turns out, you know, he really hadn't gotten in trouble at all. So like I said, um, my wife gets a call from the teacher and we're, she's thinking like, oh boy, what did, what did he do? And, or what's going on? Because we, we were just worried that something was going on with him. Maybe he was just a little too hyper in class, uh, being disruptive. Um, because when that medicine wears off, man, he he gets, he is rambunctious. But no, she called and she was just like, I wanted to say that that your son is like one of the coolest kids I've ever taught. He's so mature. He's so helpful. He's so smart, you know, and and she told my wife about the behavior chart that he made for himself. He got the idea from his teacher in second grade where it was just kind of a thing to to um keep him in line. 
just to give him some uh, a little bit of incentive to to behave, you know, to keep, uh, control his body and uh, not be as disruptive. And it was it was it was it worked out. And I think he felt himself getting ramped up. And he goes, you know what? Maybe if I make a chart, um, it'll help me. And it, and it has helped. And we were blown away by the phone call. Not not surprised, but just just blown away. We just didn't expect it, you know. Um, so it's just it's nice to hear about your kid from the from the out from from a teacher and to get that kind of message from, uh, you, you know, the, the, from the school, and because I know whenever my dad whenever they called it was it was never good. So <laughs> I remember one time, um, I want to say it was the middle school. So, you know the thing is it's coming. The smart mouth is coming, but he's not he's not totally like me but i there's gonna be some instances where he i know he's gonna get smart but uh, i used to talk a lot of shit um as a kid and i remember one day one teacher called and he was just like if another teacher calls here because i think one called like the day before and then one called that night and he was like if another teacher called me you're dead you're done and like literally as soon as he put the phone back on the receiver the phone rang and the way he answered the phone, I knew it was a teacher. And I just remember my dad picking me up by my shirt off the ground. And I don't remember what happened next, but uh, yeah, we got a good, we got a nice phone call. That's it. It felt good, man. Uh, you know, it feels good to know that uh, the things you're doing at home are working. Um, the things that that the school is doing is working. Just just knowing that people, everyone working together for the betterment of my son, uh, it, it's working, and uh, it, it just felt it feels good. We'll we'll take this victory now. We we know there will be setbacks in the future, but right now that that phone call was great, and we were very proud of him. We let him know, and it made him feel good. And I, I think that positive reinforcement, uh, that phone call home, it, it kind of it, it builds confidence in him, and it also. It also, I, I know for me, it also, I, I don't, it's not a bad thing, but you, you don't ever want to let like uh, your parents or whoever it is you're, you're working for or looking up to whoever that authority figure is, you don't want, you don't want to let them down, you know? And, and that's what it, what, that's what that, I'm hoping that kind of uh, does for him as well, where, you know, you get the, the positive uh, feedback and all that kind of stuff and you go, you, you know what? I do want to do the right thing, not a guilt thing. That's what I, that's what that's that's not where I'm going. I don't I don't want him to feel guilty or feel pressure like oh I can't let them down. But in that in that sense, I I like I like to view it from the more positive uh, angle of like you know what I'm doing well. I want to continue this. I like this. I don't want to let them down. Again, and again, not from a fear standpoint, because um, I, I felt a lot of fear as a kid, you know. And I'm not saying my parents did anything wrong or anything like that, but I, I did. I was afraid to make mistakes. And that's that's something I'm trying to teach my son. Like, hey, it's so it's okay to make mistakes. We just have to try not to make the same ones over and over again. And um, I think he, he, he gets it, man. He gets it. You know, he can be a little sensitive at times when, when, we, uh, when we correct him and stuff, but I have to let him know, like, hey, buddy, I'm not mad at you. I'm just letting you know. You know, you, you got to be more thoughtful or you need to have be a little bit more patient. We try to be patient with you. Let's let's try to return the favor. And he can, he can get down. He beats himself up 
you know, he can be perfectionist. He doesn't want to get yelled at and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I, I know how that feels and I'm so afraid of doing that. That's why I try to really speak softly with them, you know, and, and I, I, it's such a thin line for a parent, man. It's just like, you don't want to coddle too much, but you don't want to be too mean. It's just, it's a, it's parenting is, it's just thin lines, you know, you're too hard on them. They, when they get out, they act wild. You let them do too much. They get exposed to, you know, they can get exposed to shit. They shouldn't be exposed to at a young age, or they're just not mentally prepared or physically prepared or whatever it may be. They're just not ready physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever it is, they're not ready. And it can, it can mess them up. So it's just tough. And I also have to tell myself to not overthink it. Just try to do the right thing. Um, use my resources. All this, that's just funny. All this shit that I try to tell him, just relax, use your resources. People are here to help you. You're not alone. It's okay to make mistakes. Um, but I, I have a lot of fear in that as a parent. Like I, I, I don't want them to hate me. I don't want to tell them no all the time, but I also don't want to say yes all the time. Don't want to be too hard. Don't want to be too soft. So I have to tell myself to relax, you know, but uh, yeah, so we got a great phone call and uh, we're very, I was very happy we're, we both were very pleased and uh, man, I'm just, I'm proud of my boy. That's all I can say. Uh, speaking of proud, I am proud of David Chase for finally coming out with his long anticipated movie, the prequel to the Sopranos, uh, the many states of New York, Newark, sorry, I always say Newark too fast and it sounds like New York the many saints of Newark look I could probably talk about this for 20 minutes but I know everybody is not a Sopranos fan okay I am I, I think I watch it every day even if even if I don't watch an entire episode I'm watching some Sopranos that day I'm tweeting something Sopranos I'm liking I'm, I'm obsessed I'm a Sopranos fan I absolutely love the show I think it's one of the greatest shows, if not the greatest show ever created. Uh, the Wire is up there as well, but The Wire is just really good. That's a great television show, The Wire. Excellent. But The Sopranos, man, the the character development, the the stories behind it, so much deeper. I, I don't know if there's a show that's, that's that deep. I, I really don't. I really don't know a show that's any deeper deeper than The Sopranos. That really... I mean, the shit that they get into. You know what? One day I'm going to do an entire Sopranos episode. I'm going to give you why I love it, why I hate it, my analysis of it. That's what I'm going to do. Because it's been in my mind. It's been in my mind. Like, to me, Tony Soprano is one of the greatest characters in, on television. Um, and the thing is, he represents so many people in America. And I'll I'll get into that. I'll get into that. I'm excited about that. I'm actually going to, I'm going to do an episode on it. I'm actually write shit down, get all my thoughts and my ideas and, and put them down on paper and, and, and uh, tell you why I love the Sopranos so much. But a lot of people had issue with the movie. I thought it was fine. Was I blown away? No. Was it David Chase's best work? No, it was not, but I, I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. I love just from a production standpoint, I'll say this at first. I loved how it looked. I loved the costuming, the music. Um, I, I liked the casting. I thought I did think Seal was, uh, he looked a little weird. Um, but I, I, I felt it was casted well. And uh, aesthetically, absolutely pleased with the movie. 
Um, I don't when I say I wasn't blown away, I don't know. You know what? I take that back. Without spoiling anything, I was at least with the ending of it, I was I was like, damn. So that there was that shock value there. But the overall move, I was not blown away. Um, I thought it was I thought it was fine, man. Uh, people are upset. People are upset. Look, it, it was not a movie about Tony Soprano. It's not a Tony Soprano movie. It's not a movie about the Sopranos, about his family. It's a Dickie Moltisanti movie. But the fact that Tony Soprano was a main character in the other show, it let, it let us see into his life a lot of key moments that he talked about on the show, whether it was with his family or with Dr. Melfi or just throughout the show, just different experiences he had as a kid. We got to see those. We got to see a lot of the people who were older. We got to see them in the prime of their life, what they were like, how they interacted with each other. We got to see the environment to which Tony grew up in. We got to get some context to some of those stories that he told about, you know, the varsity athlete thing that Uncle June said to him. We got to see young Carmelo. We got to see his, um, we got to see what he was like as a kid. Uh, I, and again, like I said, I can talk about this all day and I don't want to bore people, but I'll say this and then I'll move on. Um, throughout the Sopranos, Tony always says like, I don't want this life for my son. He's not built like us. Christopher talking, speaking to Christopher or, or any of the other guys like, I don't want this life for my son. He's not built for this. And he said it enough to the point where like you started to believe where like he like that's what he was set out to do. That was his life goal was to be in the mob. But you learn like he this wasn't who he was as a kid. This that's not the life that he wanted for himself. I don't even think his father wanted that life for him. It's just something that he got accustomed to and he was good at. Because we learned, hey, this kid was he was a leader. He had a lot of leadership qualities. They they talk about that on the show. Whereas coach told him that, hey man, you kind of settled. You kind of took the easy way out. But we've seen so much awful shit from Tony that it's kind of hard to believe. But when you see him as a as a younger, kind of innocent kid, you go, damn. It just shows you how people become the pro uh, become the product and a product of their environment. They have the wrong influences on them and their life leads in a different, a totally different direction. Like that. He didn't want to even take the stolen speakers. He, he didn't want that. They seems like all of his other friends already in them. They were more <laughs> into that kind of shit more than he was, you know? Yeah. I mean, we all do dumb stuff as kids. He had the little gambling thing going on at the school, which was, which was pretty funny. But I think it answered. Um, I think it answered some questions. We got to see some. We got to see Dicky Moltisanti. I thought. Um, I thought that whole story was great. I thought Ray Liotta did a great, great job. People really hated Ray Liotta's character. They thought it was so over the top. But I'm like, what, people are some. There are some people who are over the top. But I enjoyed it. I've watched it twice. I'll probably go back and watch some more to make sure I get all the Easter eggs. But no, it was not his best work. 
I have to take it back. I wasn't blown away throughout the whole thing, but I definitely got my money's worth at the end. I was like, holy shit. I will say that. I, I can't deny that at all. Um, so if you are a Sopranos fan and you might be on the fence about it, I would say check it out. You we you get to see some cool moments. You get to see younger versions of the of the people uh, who were basically old people <laughs> on the, on the show. You, you get to see them a, a younger, vi a more of a vibrant version of themselves. And uh, yeah, I felt like again, I felt I felt like it answered a lot of questions. But in in classic David Chase, um, classic David Chase, you know mode he doesn't answer all the questions he leaves the things open to interpretation he leaves you wondering and for people to think that he was going to make this movie and then wrap everything up and then and then seal it with a nice bow you were sorely mistaken it's not going to happen when has he ever really done that look at the show look at the show look at the end of the sopranos he opened the door and and many doors to the possibility of many spinoffs uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with. Cause I, honestly, I would love to see the whole thing with Olivia. Like what the fuck happened to her? Cause she's really the linchpin in this whole thing. Why are your kids so fucked up? What happened to you? So I like the movie. Check it out. I enjoyed it. There you go. Um, man. Uh, so Chappelle came out with a new special and people are upset. Look, I, I typically I do not comment on other comics uh, work publicly. I'll, I'll talk about other people's um, comedy to other comics within, you know, uh, the in an in controlled environment. I just don't feel like uh, as, as an artist, it's not my job to tr trash somebody's uh, a fellow comics art publicly. If that's how if I if I don't like something. I'll share it. Hey, this guy's funny. Even if honestly, even if somebody ain't funny, hey, this is my dude, man. Check out uh this clip or I'm gonna like it. I'm gonna share it. Um, but I'm I'm not a fan of of uh of uh just critiquing people's uh work, one that are better than I am, that are more seasoned than me, that definitely have way more success than I have. But look, in a nutshell, in a nutshell. None of this shit is about comedy. This is not about Dave Chappelle. This is a culture war that um, black people and other people of color are caught up in the middle of. This is a war between conservative whites and liberal whites. That is it. And we are getting shoved from side to side based on different on on statement to statement. Dave comes out and he condemns Trumpers and all this kind of stuff. Boom, Dave, hero, the left. They're embracing him. They're throwing him up on their shoulders. Dave Chappelle, Chappelle, we knew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he has his views on trans. And then the left, they push him away. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. And then the right picks him up. Yeah, Dave, you know, free speech. You're fighting for free speech. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he'll say some other shit. And then it's like, oh, Dave, we knew you were one of them. Get the fuck out of here, you liberal piece of shit. Oh yeah, Dave's back over here. Yeah, that's what that's basically what happens to black people in this country. It's a culture war, man. And we're just getting pushed back and forth. Just like any other shit. It's always about us, but not about us at all. You know? The Civil War. Ah, oh, that shit ain't nothing to do with y'all. It did. It did. 
all this shit that's going on now, it's about, this time I would say it's not about just people of color. It's about all the other um, minority groups and, and groups are, who are marginalized. But they say it's not, but that's really what it is. It's just one side It's like, hey, man, we should treat these people like that, like this. And the other side is like, fuck that. Everything is just great. Nobody, no one's suppressed. No one's oppressed in this country. You just got to toughen up. And then the moment they get yelled at, it's just like, you can't say anything anymore. You can't be a conservative. You can't even have these kind of views without blah, 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 blah. You can't. And it's just like, there's so many conservative news outlets, whether, you know, you got Fox News, you got all these other ones you can just buy and, and pay for, uh, different packages you can get. And and, and the same thing with, with, with Chappelle. Oh, you can't say shit. It's like, bro, you making millions of dollars and you're on Netflix. You know, you can you can say shit. Uh, and, and the thing is, I get it. I might not agree with all the shit that Dave is saying. But uh, I un I understand uh, what he's doing. He realizes like, hey, look, I'm bigger than all this stuff. People can't really fuck with me. But so I'm going to say one, how I feel. And I know there's a lot of other people that feel this way. And I'm going to take the hit. But the thing is, you can't recognize and talk about how much you're taking a hit. You just got to take the shit. We know you're rich. We know you're famous. We know that already. We know. You don't have to tell us. We know you're rich and famous and that the and COVID was different for you. We understand that shit. Now, I'm always going to back comics. Uh, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't have to like or agree with the jokes, but when it comes to me talking about comedy to civilians, I'm always, hey, man, they're trying to be funny. He's trying to get shit off his chest. And Dave has been doing comedy three times as long as I have. Who the fuck am I to tell that guy what he can and can't say? I don't know the kind of shit that they, that people say to Dave on a day-to-day -day basis. And I and I get there are people who have personal reasons why they don't really fuck with Dave with some of the material. And that's, com that's completely fine. That's completely fine. I can see why people are upset. But here's the thing, man. We have to really allow... Because this has become a, it's becoming a, a racial issue. And here's the thing. I'm not going to stop black people from saying the shit they want to say, man. We, 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 we can't do that or anybody. But for me, I'm a black I'm a black person. So I'm definitely worried about what the fuck happens to black people when they say shit, because that's me. Just like white dudes, when they see somebody getting uh, fired from making certain. That's why they get they get worried because that person looks like them. There's a there's a, quite a few things that white dudes worry about where I'm like I don't really give a fuck about that cuz that doesn't affect me. Look at this missing missing white woman. To be honest, I don't even know her name. I don't know the uh guy. I think his name was Brian. But you know why that doesn't scare me? Cuz I'm not a 20 something year old white girl. Ain't nobody trying to drag me out in the woods and and do shit to me or take me on a hike and fucking kill me. If anything, people expect me to be doing that shit. <laughs> so, that's not something that concerns me. That's not that doesn't scare me. Is it sad? Yes, I'm not saying that it's not tragic. I'm not saying that it's not sad, but it's not something that I think about because I'm a six foot two, 250 pound black dude. 
I'm worried about cops fucking with me. Now, white women, probably not so much. So even white dudes, not so much. Talk to your friend. Hey, you heard about this cop police beat shooting or police brutality case? Nah, man. Why? Because that shit doesn't scare them. But the knockout game scared every white person in America and black people and people of color like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? I don't know. I just, uh, I, everybody wants to be able to say whatever the fuck that they want to. I said this last week, but the moment other people do it, it's a fucking problem. So either people are going to stop with this phony ass, like I'm going to be myself unapologetically. I'm going to be me. Either you're really going to do that or you're not, because you have to remember any and everybody can do that. So if you're not taking people into consideration, why the fuck should people take you into consideration? That's the problem. No, no one gives a fuck when it's them. I can say what I want, man. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the moment that shit comes back, it's too far. It's too far. And I'm not saying people can't go too far. Because we 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 can. Even on stage, we can go too far. And typically when we do that, guess what? People don't fucking laugh. <laughs> Sometimes it's just one, not funny. It's too true. So. Now, was it Dave's best special? I don't I don't think it was. I'm not gonna tell him what he what he can and can't say. Um yeah, I mean, my thing is just like, if you don't like it, just don't watch it. If you know that this guy is going to get under your skin, why do you even turn it on? Just so, you, just so you can be mad? Just so you can be upset? I, I, I don't, uh, I don't know, man. I know there's, I mean, there's alt-right comics out there. There's people who say racist jokes all the time. And again, I haven't heard them. It doesn't affect my life. I don't, I don't know, man. Again, you don't have to agree. I'm not saying I agree with everything, and I didn't. Uh, some of the stuff was, was tough to hear, and I'm like, man, he's obviously got some shit on his chest that he wants to get off. <laughs> and my thing is, that guy has given us a shit ton of comedy and to be honest as a black dude and I, as i'm getting older it's just you get sick of trying to sugarcoat messages for people trying to trying to back people down um into um your boat as patrice on there will put it Try, come on man come on you're trying to get people on board trying to be um uh diplomatic about it you try over and over and over again and to the point where you go, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just going to say exactly what I want to say because I've tried it other ways. And guess what? Y'all ain't fucking getting it. And and yeah. <laughs> so you can you can take that however you want. Uh, like I said, wasn't my favorite day special, but I always enjoy watching him to see what he's doing on stage. I, I love to hear what he has to say. Um but uh, I'm always going to defend a comic's attempt at, at comedy. And uh, 
Dave Chappelle is somebody that I can't um, I can't tell that man how to do comedy. That motherfucker's way better than I am. All I can say to people is if you don't like it, you don't dis- you don't agree with it, don't fucking listen to it. Don't watch it. It's it's really that simple. Because if you want to be allowed to talk reckless, then he should be allowed to talk reckless. And I'm talking about comedy, so fucking keep that in mind. I'm talking about on stage. I'm always going to to, to uh, defend someone's attempt at comedy, even if it's a joke that I don't like. I'm never going to tell somebody, like, hey, man, you cannot tell that joke. I would say, hey, man, that shit is not funny. You might want to fix it because every time you tell it, the room gets upset, and now the show's not fun. And I have to, t- I've told people before, hey, man, that jokes, it's kind of, you know, it doesn't really make sense. Or it's like you're, you're teetering with this idea. It's just like, you, if you say it this way, you're going to have these kind of people thinking that you're saying X, Y, and Z. Now, if you're fine with that, you go right ahead. If not, then we might want to change it. So it really just depends on what kind of crowd you're trying to attract. And um, yeah, what you, what you stand by, I guess. Um but yeah, but some shit, I get it. Some shit is just funny to say. And we're just in a weird time right now in in, in America where like even as comics, yeah, yeah, everything you say, there has to you gotta you gotta feel it or something. Which I, I, I don't like. Sometimes the, the, the funniest shit to say is the wrong shit. But also sometimes the wrong shit ain't funny at all. But that's the beauty of comedy is trying to find out where it is. With that being said, there's a show. That's a show. You got a long one, so to speak. All right. Make sure you guys follow me on social media uh, at Chris Allen Comedy. Go like me on Twitter. um, Follow me on Twitter. Um, Subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm getting close to a thousand. Like uh, go follow me on Twitter and all that shit. All right. I'm out. I don't know how I did that, but I fucked up. All right, I'm out.